Welcome to another episode of Them Aspergers. My god, I didn't realise you were going to start already. Yeah, why? Today, you didn't do a countdown or anything. I don't do a countdown anyway. <laughs> I had my phone out, I pressed record, like you knew it was coming. It's not like I do a, are yeah, you ready, because... starting the podcast in five, four. No, I know, but right before we did that, you went, oh, look at the crickets. I was too busy looking at the crickets to see the phone click. Yes, hello. Yeah, well, the phone the phone doesn't click. You make it sound like there's a system. I just hit record and then try and figure out how I'm going to say welcome to them Asperger's and then we just go. Yes. Hello, everybody. Hello. Are you just shutting down that avenue of conversation, are you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you do it to me all the time. Do I? Yeah. Oh, well, then fair enough. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. So, uh, you have had your second second little meeting now? Yes. Had it on your own? Yes. I didn't need to come with you? No. And that's it now. We just got to wait for the bit where they call your parents and ask all kinds of questions to your mom about um, what you were like as a baby. When did you start walking? When did you start talking? All that stuff. Yeah. They did the same thing with my mum. The second appointment was really quick, though. I had a two-hour slot, and we did it in less than half an hour. Yeah, I figured that he said he might. It felt like he, um, I mean, he told you that he covered a lot of it in the first session. Yeah. Um, as I always joke, I always say that you're riddled with Asperger's, <laughs> so I feel like one session would be <laughs> enough because, um, like I say, it's once you get past, like, the scratch the surface with you... Uh, and you know, sorry, oh. I don't know that one. Yeah, sorry about that. That's Alexa. I've got a. She's don't been. Don't do it again. I, Alexa, go away. But yeah, she's been doing. Um, she's been doing all kinds of weird stuff lately. So hopefully, she doesn't interrupt this podcast too much. But I think, <laughs> I think she's got such a profession. I know, I know, I know. But it's like she's just been. Oh, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so yeah, um, you. You you went to your set. I mean, and you, like I said, in your first session, I thought no problem. Like I, he felt like he could get it out in two hours. You obviously had your screening session with some other person, and it it seemed like all the notes he was given. I think it like even from the notes, he was just like oh riddled. Like this this person is uh, like autistic to the max. Well, I think a big giveaway with me is my sensory things. And I think when I started describing the sensory things in my first, uh, I think it was called like a triad appointment. In that, I think that might have been a good indication. Yeah. And pro- probably also my uh, social dynamic in the sense that I really do not really have any friends. I d- you don't. No. I don't know why you did the, like you were going to, you you know me. Yeah. And I'm the only person that I would say that you are friends with, hang out with and that kind of thing. Yeah, like then, I have but, people that I know and get along yeah. with, but I don't hang out with people ever. So other than you. After me, you've got no one. Yeah, it, it never happens. And it's not like in a sad loser or like I feel bad about it way. I Never, it never comes into my head that that's something I need to do. And I know if you tell people that, they always think that's a bit weird or like you should you should get out more, you should hang out with people more. But no, I hang out with you, I enjoy that, or I like being by myself, and that's enough for me. Like anything else would probably be too much. Very occasionally, like we'll hang out with your ex, yeah, uh, and her boyfriend, and that's that's nice. Like we do that 
Uh, once um, every few months, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the last time we did. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that's that's it. But like, I'm the same. It's not like I've got a entourage of friends and it's just you. I'm exactly the same. I, yeah. I, I, I hang out with you and then there's people I work with. But as much as I get along with them, I wouldn't consider any of them my friends. And I don't see them outside of work unless there's... Do you mean like unless I was walking down the street and bumped into one of them? Yeah. Um, but even then, I think most of the time I pretend like I didn't see them and hope they didn't notice. Yeah. But yeah, so like I said, I, I always thought your diagnosis would be quick. Mine took ages. Um, but I I kind of, like I was saying, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but I said that initially I thought that yours was so fast that because of... Um, because of like the when I got diagnosed, it was like seven years ago, and the process has just been streamlined and works quicker now, and it's a lot better for them to identify because they've had more and more cases and understand it even better than they did then. But there's also the possibility, like I said, with you, it's if people don't talk to you and if they don't get to know you, and and equal- if I'm trying to hide it, yeah, and equally if they don't know what autism is, really, well, Asperger's. Um, I feel like you get away with it that way. People just talk to you for a bit and those that get to know you just go, yeah, Scarlet's a bit odd, but then that's it. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, for me, like I say, it didn't take me long to think that's what it was. And even now, like we say, we're going to do a proper episode on your diagnosis, but just for those that are listening, just as a progress report of where you're at, because I know a lot of people on our Facebook page and in general want to know like what everybody's experiences with diagnosis there's people been in our group on facebook that have been sharing their diagnostic experiences so we're just talking about yours because it's fresh and it's happening at the moment and we did do an episode ages ago about your about what it was was actually the first episode we ever did um so yeah it's just uh it's just we'll we'll do once because they've still got to call your mom and that might not happen now didn't he say it's gonna be like two three weeks two three weeks yeah so we will do this episode we'll do it once i've got my report saying if or or yeah yeah that like he's going to do a report regardless of whether i am diagnosed or not so once i've got that report with whatever the outcome will be we'll do an episode on what the diagnosis process was like for me but like i said probably be in like maybe a month and yeah and like i know you're worried because obviously we do this podcast and it's called Them Asperger's. <laughs> and I know you're yeah. worried that the diagnosis is going to come back that you don't have Asperger's and you're not on the spectrum or autistic and that kind of thing. Um, but you felt fairly reassured from your last meeting because you're, the guy, the doctor that's doing it, said that it would be hard for him not to diagnose you as autistic. Yes. But I, I get what you mean. I get why it's a problem because initially, same with me uh, and my diagnosis, I wasn't convinced I had it and I was convinced they'd going to say that's not what it was. And like when I went to get my report, even though it took a while and they, like I say, with me, they had to do three or two hour sessions and they had to call my mom. And then after the three two hour sessions and they called my mom, they then had to do this. I had an hour of like weird tests. Um, And like I said before, the tests were, they show a picture of like somebody's mouth and were like, what emotion do you think they're feeling? And then they show a picture of someone's eyes and be like, What emotion do you think they're feeling? And then they were reading like faux pas. I remember one of them being, um, you go to someone's house, you go for dinner and they say, uh, you know, like, um, I'm going to buy some new curtains or I've bought some new curtains uh, and you say, um, good, because the ones you've got now are ugly. I'm glad you're swapping them. And then it turns out the ones they've got up are the new curtains. 
okay. And you have to explain why that's an awkward situation. And then they did a test on like metaphors. So they'd say things like people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. What does that mean? So they did all that with me. Is that now? Is that not the saying? What's the saying? No, that is the saying, but that's not a metaphor. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> what is it then? It's just a... Oh, well, you don't know what it's called. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I really should, shouldn't I? I now that you want to feel the need to get in there and tell me that it's not a metaphor, but you it's can't tell me what it is. What is it then? I'll wait. Is it an analogy? <laughs> I don't know. I thought <laughs> it was a metaphor. Anyway, yeah, oh, so... So they had to do all that with me and they haven't had to do that with you. Um, so, yeah, I do think that that's that's like this is why I think it's gone so quickly with you now. Like initially, like I said, I thought it's because they've got more experience. They've worked with more people that are Asperger's and they've just got really good now at spotting it. But it's made me kind of realize because the stuff they're asking you is the same stuff they asked me. Um And they're doing the same things they did with you that they did with me. But for me, it just seemed harder to get it out of me but like I said when I was waiting for the report same thing for me I just kind of uh believed that um I just kind of believed that I wasn't going to get it you know what I mean the report was going to say you don't have it and even though at that point I was thought it's got to be that's what it's got to be everyone else has told me that's it I was someone mentioned Asperger's I did the research I thought that's what it must be and same with you you still have that feeling of until it's in writing Well, there's also this feeling of, uh, which was probably more so for you, but like I'd gone, what, 20 years, which, yeah, being 20 years old is not that old, but like I'd gone through a period of adulthood and a period of like living without my parents by myself. It just kind of felt like surely not, especially as I've realised that it's such a misunderstood thing. So when I first heard autistic and Asperger's, my head just sort of went to, as you've said before, like uh, someone wearing the big ear defenders, which, yeah, that is a representation. And I myself really like noise cancelling headphones and see the benefit. But like, I think I just thought that it almost meant someone that uh, couldn't function in the world. Like, I just think I had no idea. I didn't understand it at all. I think I only thought about people that are, is it really high functioning autism? That's the one that's, um, you gets to a point where you would need a carer? Or... Um, as, yeah, I mean. As... And like, I think I just had the most extreme level in my head and didn't realise the array of like, the fact that it is such a big spectrum. Yeah. Not that like people that are at the, I guess, more autistic end of the spectrum, not that they should be ignored or that that isn't a part of it, but it's almost like I thought it was either that or neurotypical and there was no... Yeah, I mean, um, a weird thing that happened in your diagnosis is when I was with you for the first session is the, the doctor said, this is how some people see the spectrum. And he drew like a line. Yes. And he said at the, like, so at the start of the line, so you, you draw a line on a piece of paper, like you've got zero at the start point, 10, say, or the other one, yeah. whatever. Um, and everybody in the world is on that spectrum, is on that line. And then you've got people at zero, uh, and then there's like people at 10, and Asperger's is like, I don't know, six, yeah, seven, whatever. 
He said that's how some people see it. And when he said that, I was like, that is literally how I see it. Yeah. So when he said that, and he drew the line, every time someone says to me, autistic spectrum, in my head immediately, I think of this line. Yeah. Um, with like different increments on it, like different, like zero is neurotypical. And then it goes up and then it goes up. And then once you, you know, there's people that didn't get diagnosed because they went for a diagnosis, aren't autistic or don't have Asperger's and... Do you know what I mean? But they have a lot of traits, but are still technically neurotypical. For me, they're like a four on this like yeah, scale. Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. And then anything over six is Asperger's. And then anything over eight is like, I don't know, whatever the people that are more, not more autistic, but their autism is... More prominent. I don't. Really yeah. Know, I don't. I don't know. Like the right way of saying. But that's. It, but but that's, yeah. that's. That's how I. That's how I saw it. So do you know what I mean? Like it's. It's kind of like when they list some of the traits that are the base. You know when people do like the AQ and the EQ test. Yeah. Uh, and that's always like they always tell if you're not sure that you're on the spectrum or if you're not sure if you're Asperger's autism, you can do an AQ and EQ test and like just look it up on the internet. Loads of different sites do them and it's like a free test. And if you score, I can't remember which way around it is, but it'll tell you when you go on it. If you score really low on one of them, it means you're autistic. And then on the other one, if you score really high, it means you're autistic. And I did them ages ago when my therapist initially said that I had Asperger's. I went home, I looked it up, I did it. She mentioned it, you should try it. And I scored really high on the one that if you score really high on, you're autistic. And I scored really low on the one. Yeah. yeah. Same. And like when I told you that I thought you had Asperger's, um, I said to you, just try this AQEQ test. You did it. Same thing. Yeah. Um, and that's where I feel like the difference is. Um, and like I say, I feel like when someone says autistic spectrum, I do think of this whole spectrum that everybody sits on somewhere and it depends on where you sit to whether or not you'll get a diagnosis. And I feel like the AQEQ test somehow ties into that because it's the same thing. Everyone can take that test and then depending on what you score... Depends on... Where on that line you are. Yeah. But then what he showed as an alternative way of looking at it, which actually I think fits into what we're going to talk about this week better, is he drew loads of circles. So he drew like a small circle and then around that a larger one, around that a larger one. And he said like the middle being, I, I guess, really autistic, the outer bit being neurotypical. And he sort of said like, imagine... And then all the other ones obviously being like different levels in between. Yeah. And he sort of said that he feels like people on it float in and out of each and it can change. And uh, I thought that was really interesting because for me, especially like I was looking at it and thought, yeah, that probably is how it is. Because there's people that are NT, I guess, that have very, very, very few traits of autism, but they will still have certain traits that link to autism and in that sense they almost like float into the spectrum and then like out again and i think that there are days where i will act more nt and days where i will definitely act more autistic yeah um and days where i sit comfortably in the middle and like certain behaviors of mine would be seen as very autistic whereas certain behaviors of mine would be seen as very neurotypical um, which is kind of what we're talking about today because we're, we're talking about the differences between us. Yes, yeah, so like the contrast of even though me and you, potentially you and me uh, having the identical diagnosis of Asperger's, but we're quite different in a lot of places. Yeah, 
And the differences we're talking about are things that Nikki does that are an autistic trait that you have and you have consistently that I don't have. So I guess for that particular thing, I sit on the NT side, you sit on the autistic and vice versa. There are things that I have that are a trait of autism where I sit very firmly like towards the very autistic side but that you would sit in the sort of NT bracket for almost. And it's kind of like that. Like there are different things you'll float in and then different days you'll have different things. And I I think it's quite an interesting way of looking at it. Like not everyone will always have... Like there are some things that I will react really strongly to in a really, I guess if you want to call it that, in a really autistic way. And some things that I just won't, that a lot of other people on the spectrum will. Yeah, I mean, your doctor guy said that uh, some days you can be on the outer ring, mm. so in the outer NT ring, and then one thing happens. Yeah. And you've been like comfortably sitting out there all day, and then one thing happens that's one of your things, and it just pushes you straight into the middle of the yeah. the, the tiny, like super, not super autistic, but the 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 main one. And like yeah. that can happen too. Yeah, so I guess, and yeah, so for what we're talking about today, it's kind of different areas of us that are that contrast. Yeah, I mean, so one of the the prime things I've noticed about me and you when we're together um, is there's a lot of stuff that we go to that I appear, or a lot of things that we do where I appear to be NT and you're the one that's autistic. So, for example, this um, appointment that you had for your diagnosis... Yeah. They send you a letter saying you've got to be at this place at this time and you've got to ask for this person. But it says on the letter uh, that you have to call the department and let <laughs> them know whether you're coming or not coming. Yeah. Either way, you have to call them to confirm. Um, and I noticed that you couldn't ring them to no. tell them that you're coming. And there's there's loads of things where that's the difference with me and you in a sense. So stuff like that, when you've had to go to the hairdressers, I have to come with you. Um, yeah. I'm the one that has to help arrange. I think arrange the. Did I arrange the appointment for this one? I can't remember. Um, but either way, there's times where I'm like your not your carer, but I'm like your NT friend yeah. that arranges all this stuff for yeah, you, definitely. sorts all these things out for you. And I've noticed that sometimes when we turn up to stuff, um, I'm just the one that you know we go. I always have to go first. Yeah. So when we go to like a cafe or uh, if we go into a shop. I'm the one that has to walk in first. You'll never walk in first. You have to walk in behind me. Yeah. Um, I'm the one that rings people for you uh, to get stuff sorted um, and stuff like that. And it's it's because I am capable of doing those kind of things. Uh, weirdly, not so much if I have to do them for myself. Yes. So when I've got to make appointments for myself, can't do it. Um, like when I get my hair cut, because I get my hair cut like once a month, the... Barbers has an online booking service that you can use through Facebook. So I've just always done it that way. Um, But yeah, when it comes to doing stuff for you, I can just do it. Um, And it's never been a problem. And I always wonder, like, because obviously when we went to your first session, I was the one that called them to let them know we were coming. I was the one that looked up how to get there. I'm the one that drove us there. I'm the one that when we got there, I went to reception and was like, we've got an appointment at whatever for Scarlet. Yeah. Uh, I did all that. Yeah. You couldn't do any of that, um, which is odd because, like I said, we've this is one of those things where we both have or will have the same diagnosis. 
Um, but there's just different variants. And that's that's one of the ones that stands out to me straight away is that one. Yeah. Is um, when it comes to talking to any, like the MT world on stuff, it's kind of like I'm your middleman for that. Yeah, you are, you are. And that is something that you definitely do. The amount of times where I go, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Even though like I, I do, but I get a bit freaked out by the prospect of doing it. And you basically have to drag me to whatever appointment like I (laughs) if I need to go to the doctors I just won't go like I only ever go to the doctors when you've booked me the appointment and gone with me like I will not doesn't matter like my my arm could be falling off and I'd be like no I don't want to go because I hate stuff like that yeah and most of the time when we're at the doctors you usually end up speaking for me yeah, saying yeah. Saying what's wrong. I'm like, really bad at telling I come people in, what's so, wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I take you to the reception. I sit in the reception with you. And then when you go into your actual appointment, I go in with you. And then if there's any, like, follow-up questions or things I know you were worried about, it's me that bring them up with the doctor for you. Yeah. Um. So that's, yeah, that's definitely one of the things. Yeah, it's weird that, like, I will do that for you. And it's, it's like the same with, like, you hadn't seen a dentist <laughs> since you moved to Bournemouth, which was a while ago. Yeah, it was about it was three... And you didn't go see a dentist like until ago. I took you into one, got you registered with one, and then made you like book your first appointment and like things like that. Yeah. And and same with the doctors. I wasn't registered at the doctors until, yeah, Nikki did that for me as well. Like you did really help out with stuff like that. Like once you've been and once you're, once you've been a couple of times, like it's fine. You can just go, mm. but it's that initial getting you to go. Whereas I found that I'm able to do things. So if I've never done something before, I seem okay with doing it. Uh, like, I still have the anxiety and I still get worried and I still, like, freak out and get, like, whatever, but I'll just go do it. Um, it's like when we both used to work at the same place. Uh, there was a bit where they were sending us to other stores to um, help out at other stores. And when you went to the same store, like, you found it horrible. Yeah. You didn't want to go. I, it was a struggle to get you on the train to go. Yeah. Um, and then when you were there, you hated it. And then when you came back, you said you were never going again. <laughs> uh, and then after that, it was my job to go and I'd never been and done it either. But I found that I went like, I was going like once a week for like a like couple of months. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't a problem, but I, I mean, I still, every time I went there, like I had this worry when I was on the train, I had worry when I walked into the store, like yeah, I had all these problems when I went, but I'd still go. And I found that, I think that's because like growing up, even stuff I didn't want to do, I was made to do, like either way, because, you know, the other kids were doing it. Yeah. It was a time when people didn't know what Asperger's was. So I was just forced to do it. So I kind of, my Asperger's has moved in a way of, I get worried, I get panicked, like I get scared of doing new stuff. But for some reason, there's this weird part of me that just makes me do it, whether I want to do it or not. Yeah. Like, I just feel like, oh, like I've got to go, I've got to go do this, like whatever, let's just get it over with. I'll go. Whereas for you, you just won't do it. If the pressure and the anxiety and the worry gets too much, you just go, nah, it's not worth this. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Um, On the kind of contrast to that, I guess, I would say that when it comes to not dealing with the NT world, but getting stuff done, um, We've spoken about this anyway, sort of a little bit in the executive function, so I won't go on about it too much. But when it comes to getting stuff done, 
in terms of like round the house or buying stuff and stuff like that that's kind of uh, where i'm good and you aren't as good yeah um for example the other morning um i was around yours and i think i can't remember what you said i think you said something like oh okay let's uh let's get ready yeah. to go out um and then you came into the bedroom and went oh you've you'd you'd stripped your bed in the morning and put it in for a wash yeah uh you came out of the living room and i had put new sheets on your bed hung up all the washing like out to dry done all the washing up dried up all the washing up cleaned the kitchen a bit um and had tidied up the bedroom and you kind of went what have i been doing yeah and i think that's where i'm not better but yeah like that's something that i can do that you aren't as good at well i lose like huge chunks of time yeah you like do. throughout the day it's one of those things that always happens where i'll have a day off um i'll think like oh yeah i've got like a day off i, I wake up early like get up at like seven eight o'clock uh and i just think i've got loads i can be doing uh loads of stuff to get on with like this is good and then it's like three o'clock in the afternoon and yeah. i'm just like what has just, and I, I think about what I've been doing all day and I've done nothing all day. Yeah. And I just think like, how has that, how has that come about? Um, and it's, it's the same. It's like when you come round in the morning, we have breakfast, like, uh, and then I, I, like I say, yeah, I strip my bed. You're like, oh, you should get, um, we'll get sorted. We'll get ready to go out. That kind of thing. And you've done all this stuff like in that space. Yeah. Where I've just kind of thought, like, what have I been doing? Yeah, and that's that's one of those things where, like, obviously the executive functioning thing is just something you don't have. So uh, when it comes to getting stuff done, you're just quicker at getting stuff done than me. Or you'll get more done in the same period of time as me. But, I, yeah, it's just, it's, I know it's stuff that I keep saying, like, I'll do this. <laughs> I need to sort this. I'll get it sorted. And you just, you know I'm not going to. <laughs> Yeah, I do know you're not going to. So you just do it. Um, and then I, I then eventually I, I finally get around to doing it. And I'm like, oh, it's it's done. <laughs> uh, and then sometimes because I haven't seen you do it or I don't remember you doing it because I'm like in a like weird daze where I'm not really paying attention. I start sometimes thinking, did I do this? Yeah. Uh, and then it isn't until you're like, no, I did it. And I'm like, oh, right, okay. Yeah, but I see it. I see it in you. You, you do zone out and you zone out for like, chunks of time yeah but yeah again like that's that's just one of the contrasts between the two of us that is prominent um another one i was going to mention which is where i say we're also completely opposite is time i am ridiculous with time in the sense of i never think that there's enough time to do anything i get ready for work and i one i start work at three o'clock every day and it takes 20 minutes to drive to my job I leave at quarter to two every day and I get to work at about 10 past two and I'm 50 minutes early every day because I feel like that is the time that I need to be there. But equally, even though I leave at quarter two, I'm actually ready to go at quarter past one because half an hour doesn't seem like a very long time to me. So I think like if I'm ready by quarter past one, then in that half an hour, if I need to go to the toilet that takes, what, a minute, or if I need to have a, a cup of tea, which again takes, what, like 10 minutes? 
I, I think about all these things that I might want to do right before I go out and think I need half an hour to do those. So yeah, I'm always ready at quarter past one to start my job that I start at three o'clock every day. But you're the opposite and you'll go half an hour. That's loads of time. Yeah, like there's times where say I need to be out the door at like half past, like because I have to be at work at like quarter to eight a lot of the time. Uh, I mean, sorry, quarter to nine. There'll be times where I know I've got to leave at like 20 past eight, like 20 past eight. I'm like, and that's the time I got out. And it's like 8.17. Yeah. And I'm still in my dressing gown. I'm still sat on my sofa and I just think three minutes. That's loads of time. <laughs> I can easily get like dressed uh, and I can be gone in three minutes. No issues. Um, yeah. And I do, I've always done that. I've always kind of just thought, because for some reason in my head, I remember one time cooking something in a microwave for a minute. <laughs> And thinking it was the longest period of time I have ever experienced. Like, I just thought, God, minutes are long, aren't they? <laughs> like, who'd have thought minutes go on this long? So then, because of that, because that's like my initial framework for this, when I think three minutes, I'm like, I've got ages. <laughs> three minutes is, is ages away. Um, and yeah, for some reason, I've just, I've just always been that way. I just, I don't think it takes, and yeah, I have a bad, I have no, the concept of time for me is, is a bit alien. Like, I don't understand like, whatever, like, I'm off today, and I feel like, where's it gone? Where's, where's it? Yeah. But yeah, time for me is just, it's just, it always throws me off. I'm not good at judging how long something takes. And because of that, uh, my organization's a bit, is a bit off. And I think it's always been a problem for me and, like, my Asperger's in general, because I'm always, like, I'm either always running late or I'll turn stuff up on time, but... I, I like I, there was like a mad rush yeah I did nothing for a quite a lengthy period of time and then I tried to shove like because I get up an hour and 20 minutes before well not an hour and 20 minutes yeah an hour and 20 minutes before I have to leave so every morning when I get up for work I get up an hour and 20 minutes before I've got to leave and all I got to do is get up have breakfast get dressed go but guaranteed I get up and have breakfast, but then the other part of the morning I don't do until the last five minutes. Yeah. And I've always done that. And I don't know why I do that because it makes me rush. Uh, And then I think like, oh, I've got to be on time. I've got to get there. I've got to go. Like, and I have like this weird, as I'm cycling to work, I start thinking like, what do I tell him? Like, what do I do? Like, do, (laughs) do I pretend like I just walk in there and I'm all like, yeah, whatever, I'm late. Like, who cares? Yeah. Or do I like, do I make something up? Like, sorry, I'm late. But like, you know, there was this like accident on the road. Or do I pretend like I don't know I'm late? Like, it's I, like, and I, it's always really stressful. And I always like overthink it. And while I'm cycling, I'm constantly, or I just think, or if I cycle faster or like somehow just really cycle like as fast as I can, I'll get there on time anyway, so it won't matter. And it's always the same thing. It's always the same Stuff And these are the same mornings where, like, because this is another thing where we're different as well. These are the things where I'll leave my flat and go, did I lock the door? Yeah. Did I lock the door? I think I locked the door. And there's times where I shut the door and then I think, did I leave my oven on? Oh, did I? Did I leave the heating on? Did I leave the lights on? Did I lock the doors on, uh, like... The animal. Yeah, Yeah. I've got um, spiders. I keep tarantulas. And, like, I think, do I shut the doors? Even though I've not opened the doors for the trenches that morning, I'll think about what I did that morning and I think, I didn't even open the doors, so... uh, Yeah. What does it matter? And I'll do that. So sometimes I'll leave my flat, come back in again, check everything again, check everything's turned off that's supposed to be turned off, 
go outside the flat, shut the door, get downstairs, think, did I lock the door? Come back up, check the door. Yes, the door's locked. Come back out. Wait, did I turn this off? Back into the flat. And I'll do that like back and forth for ages. And it's always on the mornings where I, it's always when I'm late. It's always when I'm running late. The later I am, the more likely I am to do that. There's been times where I've left my flat late, got halfway to work, turn around, come back. Yeah, you do. To check. You and have it's, done that before. It's something that you don't do. You've never done it. I say to you, did you lock that up? And you just go, yeah. And like, there's no like air of, ooh, I don't know, actually. I, I think I did. There's just straightforward, yeah. No, I did. Did you turn the heating off? Obviously. Did you turn your oven off? Yeah, of course I did. Uh, like, you have this kind of like, um, yeah, I know I did. Yeah. I don't. The only time where I ever think, I'm not sure if I did that is because I am genuinely not sure. Like I know with you, you you go, did I lock the snakes up? But then equally, it's totally irrational because you never unlock the snakes from like the day before. I know, I know, I know. Whereas with me, if you go to me, did you turn this off? The only time I'll ever be like, oh, I'm not sure is if I think to myself, Actually, I don't think I did. But most of the time, and you are always quite impressed when I do it. I always notice it in you. Like, we'll leave the flat and you'll go, did you turn this off? And I'll just go, yeah. And then you'll look at me like, you don't want to, you don't want to check. And I'm just like, no, because I'm confident in that. And like, it is one of those things. um, You do get a lot of NT people that go, oh, did I leave the oven on? Yeah. So this is like, and this is that contrast there as well between... uh, Asperger's and NT is that NT people also do that where they go did I lock the door um but it's it's not as like engrossing it's not like it doesn't like overtake everything with me someone else can say that so so I could be at work and somebody could say to the other person oh did I leave the oven on and then I'm like oh god did I leave the oven on and I just think like you didn't use the oven this morning yeah there's been times where I've got messages of can you go around my flat and check this and I imagine if I'd been like no I can't I'm busy you would have probably just come home in your lunch break to check well I do consider it because I get like an hour lunch and it only takes me 20 minutes well 15 minutes to cycle to and from work so I think well that's only half my lunch shift I've still got half I could cycle home have my lunch there cycle back like, but then I, I don't tie in the 10 minutes it takes me to get in and out of my cycle and stuff. <laughs> All that, like, th- that stuff doesn't enter my head. For some reason, I, I forget details like that. Well, again, that's your time walk. Yeah. So, like, I am the extreme end of, I always think that there's not enough time, even when there is definitely plenty of time. Like, there could be all the time in the world and I still go, I don't think I've got enough time. Even when I drive to work an hour and 15 minutes before I need to be at work, yeah. I still am constantly checking the clock. Every minute I'm looking at the oh. clock going, is yeah. it too late? Am you, I too you, late? Am I going to be there late? I think I'm going to be there late. You do it all the time um, in the sense of, like we'll go into town before you've got work and we'll go to a shop to look for something and the thing they've got isn't there. So I go, oh, well, we'll go to this shop because <laughs> they've got it. And that shop could be four shops down from the shop we're in. Um, and you've still got an hour and a half till you've got to leave yeah. for work. And you're like, no, 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 no. There's no time to go to that shop. I do that, yeah. We need to go back and I need to start getting ready. And I'm just like, it's literally just there. And you were like, no, 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 we can't fit it in. And sometimes I win. Sometimes I keep saying, no, we'll just go in. Let's just go. And sometimes I take you, we go, we get it. We and get, it's, yeah, we it's get obviously back fine. And you're like, oh yeah, we had loads of time. 
that's great. And we got the thing we wanted. And sometimes, like, the only way I'd be able to get you from that shop to the other shop four doors down is if I physically picked you up <laughs> and tuck you in that shop. But you'd be screaming, fighting, and trying to run away to get back to the flat. Yeah. So, like, I have to pick and choose, like, where it is. Whereas for me, you're right. I would look at the time, even if there was 10 minutes till I had to be back at the flat and the shop was the other side of town, I'd just be like, three minutes to walk there, three minutes back. That gives me four minutes spare. Like, yeah. And then I'm back to, remember how long that minute was with the microwave? <laughs> four of them. Ha! No problem. Yeah, and I think <laughs> it, the same thing happens. So if you ask me and you uh, separately, how long does it take to get to this place? And we both know, we've both done the walk many a time. Say it is in reality a 15 minute walk. You'll say it takes about five, 10 minutes to walk there. I'll say it takes like 20 minutes to half an hour. It's a 15 minute walk, but we both have a really walked sense. Like how long would you say it takes to walk to my flat from here? 10 minutes? Yeah, I would say it takes 20. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it probably takes 15. Yeah. But yeah. we're yeah, we both have this like really... So for instance, when we used to run early in the morning, if you were meeting me at mine, you'd always be late. Yeah. If I was meeting you at yours... I would usually be early unless it, unless I'd slept in. But like if I had actually managed to leave at the time that I wanted to leave to get there, I'd be early. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of how we are. So that's definitely a contrast. But it is a contrast. But like the way you're saying it to me now and I think about it, your irrational, like there isn't enough time for this. We won't get this in before I've got to be here and I can't fit this in with the schedule for the day. I feel like that thought process and that area of thinking is almost identical to my, did I lock the door? Did I leave this yeah, open? Yeah, true. I still have this thing, like, I know I did. <laughs> I know I did. Like, there's times where I've shut my flat door and checked it and can fully 100% visually remember me doing that. Yeah. And I know I did. And I think of all, how many times have I ever gone out and not locked my door? Never. Yeah. The whole time I've had my own place or live with other people, that I have never once not locked my door. It's no, never that's... happened. I've never come back to my flat and the door's open. Yeah. It's never happened, Like, and it's that kind of thing. But if I can't visually remember shutting my door, all I think about is someone's in my flat rubbing me. Which is funny, because in, in the same sense, if anyone's going to leave their door open, it's going to be me. I'm terrible for stuff like that. Leaving stuff open, yeah. switched on, yeah. and... I'm the worst. The amount of times you'll... I'll be done... I, you lit- I mean, you literally left your hob on in your old flat more than once while I was there. Yeah. I You came in from work and went, my flat's really warm and my hob's like bright red. And I was like, yeah, it's because you left it on and you were like, oh, did I? Yeah, and I'm like that. So if anyone should be worried, it should be me, but doesn't come into my head. You are the complete opposite. You check everything all the time. But yeah, you always worried. It's, it's interesting. Because yeah, I'm I'm the worst for stuff like that i don't ever do it in your flat your flat i have a ritual before i leave but that's mainly because i can't i need to be able to answer you confidently that i haven't done something because otherwise i know you'll never trust me again yeah so i do have a weird ritual i think yeah i think if you ever went no if i said did you shut the door if you ever went yeah i'd be like we're going back then yeah exactly Um, but you've never done that the only time that i find it annoying and sometimes i think you do it on purpose is uh, you'll ask me. So we'll be walking out of here and you'll go, did you shut the door? And I'll just be like, what? <laughs> like, it's one of those mornings where it's not entered my head. I've left my flat. At no point have I thought I left the door open because I don't do it every time. Sometimes I just leave and I know I did. 
Like sometimes I can just leave my flat and go to work and not think about it and it doesn't enter my head all day. Which is like you're saying with these circles that your doctor says. Yeah, you float in and I'm on the outside one for that day. But there'll be times where I feel like you're just tormenting me and you've done it intentionally. Is we'll leave and you'll go, did you turn your heating off? And I will think about it and go, did I turn my heating off? Oh, no. And then I go, I need to go back in and check. And you're just like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure you did. And I'm just like, do you know I did? And you're like, well, no. And I'll just be like, well, what do you need to go back then? Um, or there's times where um, you'll say it and I, I just won't I just won't recall what I did. And sometimes sometimes I think you do it on purpose. Sometimes I think that you know. No, I don't. But then there's times where you'll indulge it. So like my 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 original therapist told me that when how how many times have I ever left the oven on? I'm like never. How many times have you left your door unlocked? She's like never. She's like so you need to just know that you've never done it. So when you have these thoughts that it's left open, um. Just know that it isn't because you don't do that and just don't think about it. Don't go back. But then there's times where me and you will leave my flat and I'll go, did I shut my door? And you'll just go, you need to go check because if you don't go check, it'll just drive you mad This is the thing. I totally understand and I'm sure your therapist obviously knows more than me. But equally, I've been around you when you don't know it can be like two hours later and you'll have hardly spoken (laughs) you'll be acting really cagey you'll be really shirty with people and i know that the reason like behind it is because you have spent the past three hours thinking have i shut my door and you've just been ruminating about it all day so for me like just for your sake yeah i don't care like it doesn't bother me i never get annoyed at you for it the amount of times we'll be like about to leave for somewhere and we'll get to the i don't know we'll get outside and then you'll go, I'm not sure if I've done this. And I'm like, just go back up and check. It takes like five minutes. And like, I'd rather for your own peace of mind, you do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. 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 It doesn't bother me. So other contrasting thing mm-hmm. um, is your irrational reactions to stuff that you have when stuff doesn't go to plan. So when stuff doesn't go to plan... You don't have a normal reaction to it. No, I do not. You don't have a you don't have a calm, logical and I'm not talking like like we've never really had like between me and you, we've never really had like a big crisis. Like we had when I got hit by a car. Yes. Um but to be honest, I was unconscious and uh in hospital and I have no idea what your reaction was like to that because I was You know what? When it's a big thing that yeah. actually does warrant it, I'm fine. So, you you called me up and were like, I've been hit by a car and I just went, Shut up, no you haven't and you were like, I have. You were proper dazed and proper out of it. Well yeah, I don't remember calling yeah. you. So. And I was just like, No, nah, I can hear people at work, you're fine. That was it. You you like the phone call was over, and I just went back to going about my day. I was having a shower. I got another phone call from your ex girlfriend, and she was like, "Scarlett, it's me. I'm with Nikki. We're in the ambulance." And I was like, "Wait, has he actually crashed?" And she was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He's going to hospital now. I'm going to come and pick you up. Is that all right?" And I was like, "Whoa, wait a second. I'm just in the shower. Can you give me like five minutes?" And she was like, "No, we're going to hospital. He's been hit by a car." And it wasn't that I wasn't worried. I was, but big things, I don't really react to. I was just like, "Okay, yeah, uh, so, got you." Like but, I was so calm. And you, you remember when I showed up at the hospital, right? I mean, kind of, but I couldn't really see you. They had me in those blocks. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, fair. Know. Like I was, I was pretty calm. I started getting more worked up to do with the hospital and I was I was worried about you 
But well, e- you don't have to justify that. No, I know but, what you mean, but, but you, equally, hospitals the, freak you out. Hospitals freak me out, but equally, I was like, he's in hospital, he's talking, he's moving. I'm sure he'll be fine. Was the way I think. Like I know other people would be like, oh, I'm a bit worried. What's going to happen? But for me, I could see you moving and alive. So, so I just sort of went, yeah, he's fine. He'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's. I mean, that's like an Asperger thing in general. I think um, for me, the whole time. So I know this is this is one of those things. This is like this is the, what am I saying? This is like one of the contrasts. So I got hit by the car. <laughs> uh, it knocked me out for a bit, and then I have like memory loss of about forty minutes. I think yeah. there's loads of stuff people said I did that I have no recollection yeah. of doing. Um, for some point, I took a selfie of myself. Yes, you did. While I was laid out in the road, covered in blood. Um, yeah. There's a picture on my phone that I have no recollection of taking. But the only way to get into my phone is either by knowing the pin lock or using my fingerprint. Um, and even then, like, you'd have to get to camera. So for some reason, I remember doing that. But anyway, the point is, I got hit by a car. It put me in hospital. I couldn't walk properly for a bit. I was in hospital for about three days. Um, and there's always been this thing when I've had car crashes, bike crashes, that kind of thing, because of my dyspraxia, like, it just happens sometimes. Um, I've never had this feeling of, you shouldn't drive anymore. Or when I got hit by the car, I bought a new bike pretty much straight away straight away and i was cycling the same route like even my mom said do you still cycle the same way i was like yeah she was like do you get any weird feelings when you get to the point where you get hit by a car i was like no and it's weird because the first time i cycled that way uh one of the blankets that someone had got out the back of their car to put under my head when i was laid out in the road was still there (laughs) and bits of my bike were still strewn around and i would cycle past them just like (laughs) there's a bit of my handlebar um, and there's no point of me that thinks like this is bad. And I know some people would have got hit by a car and just thought, well, my cycling days are done. I am not cycling to work anymore. It's too dangerous. Yeah. Bearing in mind, like a couple of weeks before that, I'd been kicked off my bike by two lads on a moped that attacked me while I was cycling to work. Yeah, it was about two weeks apart. But I still cycle that way still. Um, and there's no like sense of like danger with me. I never get like worried or I never panic or I never like think this is stupid, this keeps happening. Uh, Like, I've had a lot of car accidents, uh, but it's one of those things where at no point does it enter my head, I should stop this. Yeah. Whereas I feel like you don't have that. I think when stuff bad happens to you, you just go, I'm not doing this anymore. So, like, um, (laughs) for example, the first day you went to work, (laughs) you had to drive around a multi-story car park, you stopped and stalled it on one of the ramps up, it made you roll back into a bollard, and you were ringing me and you were like, I'm never driving to work again. I'm done. I'm done driving to work. Yes. It's not happening. I'll just get the train every day. And to be fair, for about a week, you got the train to work every day and I picked you up every night. Yes. In your car. Irrational. Irrational. Yeah. You just have these like freak outs. And so last- now I do drive to work. But one of the reasons I get there 50 minutes early is I get to the car park before anyone else will be driving up the car park. So I do it. Partly because I'm weird about time, but usually I'd get there like half an hour early. I get there so early because I don't want to see anyone. Even though I've now driven up the car park without crashing like 20, 30 times fine. Yeah. I still have the irrational thought of crashing, which is why I get there so that no one else is there. Yeah, whereas like um, for me, when bad stuff happens to me, I for some reason my I, I think it is, I think it is part of an Asperger thing. Is 
it doesn't feel like it's happening to me. So even though I was in an ambulance, even though I was taken to thing like, and even though I've seen pictures because uh, my ex took a lot of pictures of like what they were doing to me while they were like putting stitches in me and like that kind of thing. He did take a lot of pictures. At no point does any of that <laughs> remind me that that happened to me. And yeah. while it was happening, I didn't feel like it was happening to me. And I had no sense of this was a bad thing. Like even though I never, everyone tells me that I was extremely lucky when they showed me what I, what happened to the car that hit me and what happened to my bike and everything. And everyone's going to me, that's extremely lucky. Like you should be dead, like this kind of thing. Or you should have a lot more damage to you than you do. Yeah. Like I've got a, quite a few scars now because of it. Yeah. And when I see the scars, I don't think, oh yeah, a car hit me. I just think like, oh yeah, I've got a scar though. Um, and I don't have this sense of um, this was happening to me. Even when it was, when I was in hospital, I kept forgetting while I was in hosp- why I was there. Like I was just waking up in hospital and just thinking, oh yeah, I'm in hospital. Um, and I never have this like connection with stuff that's happening. It doesn't occur to me that this stuff has happened to me. And when I tell people stuff that's happened to me, they talk about it. But I feel like I'm just explaining a story about somebody else. And I've always had yeah. this like disconnect to my events in my own life. Whereas I feel like that's not there for you. So- you still now went because we went to the, we went to your work. We went to your multi-story car park. And I drove around it the other day and I drove around it a lot faster than you did. <laughs> and at one point I stopped on purpose on the ramp where like where you stopped and rolled back just to show you that you can drive up it no problem. And you were freaking out like it was happening to you. I was driving and I was going around it, but you were getting like weird, uncomfortable, like you were, you could visibly, visibly see that you were getting like anxious and worried about it. And it wasn't even you driving the car. And like, that's that's where the thing is. Like for me, had I have crashed into somebody's car in that multi-story car park, or had I have rolled back into something, the next day I would have just gone straight back into that. Or the same, like I'd have left yeah. the multi-story car park and just gone, all right. And I would forget what had happened to me. And I wouldn't have this because you have these like, something happens and you have this, you make this like a rational fear. fear to it. And like most people do, like most people have this thing, but yours is like, mental it's like magnified so like um another example of this was <laughs> this week you called me because i've shown you the route initially you weren't sure how to get to your job we'd bought a sat nav and you've learned the route now i have learned the route now but there was roadworks on the route well not roadworks there'd been a crash they yeah. closed part of the road off and were sending people a different way and you didn't know the different way but your brain doesn't just go okay so fine i've got sat nav on my phone i'll set that up I'm sure I'll figure it out how to do it. You called me and your plan was to abandon your car <laughs> where you were. You were like, I'm just going to leave my car where I am. I was like, where are you? And you were like, I don't know. I think it's so here. So I was about, the route that I take takes about 20, takes 22 minutes to get to uh, my office. Yeah. I was about halfway there. Yeah. So I'd driven for about 10 minutes. Like but I you was- were... Yeah, yeah. You, you were just like, I'm going to leave my car here. I'm going to get a taxi from here to work. And then I'm going to get a taxi from work back to my car. And I was just like, but where is your car? And you were like, I don't know. I was like, what can you see? What buildings? You were like, I can see some trees. And I, I just, in my head, I was just thinking, so you're going to get out of your car. Yes. Leave it where it is. Yes. Call a taxi to pick you up from. So, I mean, that would have been a weird conversation in itself because you, the taxi driver, where I'm picking you up from, I'm near some trees. Oh, yeah, true. I hadn't so thought about that. you'd have had to have done that. And then... Say you'd have somehow managed to get a taxi. Yeah. And the taxi would have picked you up because I, I think Uber or some I think they do it by location of your phone anyway. But either way, you'd have gone to work. And then when you'd have gone, right, I'm going to go get my car back. The taxi driver, well, where's your car? Near some trees. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, your car would have just been lost. Because what we'd have had to have done is, I would have had to come out with you. I, I, me and you would have had to gone out, like, in the daytime, walked or whatever, or got a taxi to the point where you knew where the roadworks were. And then from that point on, we'd have to try and figure out where you drove. And you have no sense of direction at mm. all. Oh, I... Yeah, you don't I know, have no so you wouldn't. So in my head, I'm just thinking: if you do this, we'll never see your car again. Like we'll just never know where it is. We'll just have to keep ringing, like uh, you know, like places where they tow cars to that have been abandoned until your license plate and mini shows up somewhere, and then we know where your car is. Um, but you just have this, like, and obviously, what you do now is you call me. So when you have these like weird, like freakouts. You ring me and I have to talk you round as to what you're going to do. Like you'd driven home not so long ago and you'd got lost driving home. <laughs> do you remember that? Like you just didn't know where you were. I have got the worst sense of direction. And then ever. I had to, yeah, lucky you were near like a nursing home. You read the name of the nursing home. I looked it up on Google Maps. I figured out where you were. And then I had to, over the phone on loudspeaker, loudspeaker, talk you to a point where you knew where you were again. Yes. Um, but with this situation, I just, in my head, I was just thinking, why... But your logic was you didn't want to get to this multi-story car park late because if yeah. you got there late, people would be driving behind you. Yeah. You might do the thing you did the first time where you roll back and hit something. And you just thought... Is it is it like a snowball effect for me? So that like yeah. things add on things. So initially I was like, I can't drive a different route because I know my route and I don't know another route. So I have to go the route that I have planned in my head. Yeah. Um, I can't go on roads that I've not been on before because I don't know. It's like how I can't go to a place on my own. Yeah. Uh, like a cafe on my own if I've never been to that cafe before. It's like that, but with roads. So I was like, I can't go a different way. So that's out of the question. I can't get to the multi-story late. And then like all these things were in my head. You're going to get to work late. Everything's late. You're out of time. But yeah, but the thing is, is you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have got to work late. No, like I you said, have. you get to work 50 minutes. Because I have loads minutes, of time. 50 minutes, but you were worried that you'd get there at the same time, other people were either leaving the car park yes. or entering the car park. So it wasn't that you thought you'd be late for work. It's just you thought, I can't drive around there with other people there because of what happened that very first time. Even though since then, you've driven around that multi-story car park so many times now that I can't see that happening again. No. And you know it wouldn't. And I was And I also, like, I've got a lot better at driving my car. I reckon I probably could do a hill start on that ramp yeah. without an issue now because... I do hill starts all the time when I'm driving without any problem. Like I, the first day I hadn't been driving, like I got my license years ago, but I haven't had a car for years. I haven't been driving when I drove around that. I'd only done like what, three drives and I I still wasn't very comfortable, whereas now I am. But yeah, it's it's just massively irrational. Yeah, you you do it all the time, and then <sighs> I mean, my actual solution in the end was to drive all the way back to the flat. Which yeah, it was only like ten minutes, but still, I drove back to here. Yeah, uh, and then got a got, taxi from your flat to work. Got a taxi, and then I had to come pick you up at when she finishes shift. Yes, probably not the ideal solution. No, but for me, that seemed to be because I know you well enough now. Logically, I just thought I can't talk you into. I can't talk you into driving. And even then, though, like, I was like, you were like, what time is it? And I was like, it's 10 past. It was like 10 past two. You had to be at work a quarter two. And you were like, how long is the taxi going to take? Will I have time to get to work on time? I have to be there at this time. Maybe I will. Just, and you, it was hard to try and talk you out of not just ditching your car. Yeah. Like, because you were just, if I'd have told you it was 20 past two, and that meant that you would definitely be late for work, you would have just ditched your car, no matter what I said. Yeah. Um, But... 
if for some reason in your head you didn't think like and it, to me it just made most sense even if you are late for work that's better than never seeing your car again yeah i know it's I know. one day that you'd have been you'd have just turned up five ten minutes late for work said to your boss sorry i'm late but there was a road accident i tried to go around it i realized i don't know pool at all i got lost that that would, yeah. that would be fine I know. Uh, one like one lateness, no problem. But in your head, that lateness could not happen. That was like never seeing your car again was a reasonable price to pay <laughs> to showing up to work on time. I know. Uh, like I am, I am really irrational. I had my <laughs> diagnosis appointment on Friday, and it was at half twelve. And I'd already been told that it would probably only take less than an hour so take me to half one like i said i leave for work at quarter to two usually and that gets me there 50 minutes early so i had more than enough time if i finished at half one to get to work uh like even if i finished late from my doctor's appointment at two i would still be at work 20 no half an hour early but i had already told my team leader that I had a hospital appointment and there was a chance I was going to be late on Friday. Yeah. I don't know why I'd given him a warning because he was like, that's fine, just let me know, no problem. But I felt like I needed to because I was that convinced that I was going to be late even though I had so much time to not be late. You just, yeah, it's just little things. It's, I mean, um, yeah, whereas I, I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't have that. Like, it, I just wouldn't do that. But... These are the things, like I say, even though there's this contrast between me and you and like we've nearly done the hour now uh, yeah. and we've just picked some really like weird and th- there's loads of stuff. Yeah. There's loads of stuff. Like we were saying the other day that you will just spend money. You'll just buy stuff. Yeah. and not, re- Regardless not- of price. I've seen you buy like, you buy like kitchen appliances that cost you like a hundred and something pounds. You use them once and then just go, uh, yeah, it's not for me. Yeah. Like what I want to point out about this is like, it's not to the point where I have a money problem. No, I never don't. I never no. get into issues with money. I've you always don't. I've always got money. Yeah. I can always afford my rent and my bills. And like I I'm aware roughly of where I'm at money wise. Like I I will never get to a point where I can't afford stuff because I'm not like that. Yeah. But equally I've got with my disposable income that I do have, I'll just spend it without worrying about yeah. like, oh, but what if I need it for this or anything? Yeah, like but last night, Nikki suggested buying something to me. I looked at it online and was like, it's only £50. Just bought it. And you were like, what? Yeah, don't you need more time to think about it? <laughs> Whereas like, yeah, I'm different. Like I will go to buy something in a shop and it's something I need because yeah. I know I need it. And I'm looking at it and it's like a tenner. And I'm just like... Oh, do I need it though? Like I've, I've purposely know I need it. I know, I know I need it. I've gone out of my flat to get it because I know I need it. And then when it comes to buying it, I'm just like, yeah, but do I? Like I know the other one's broken and doesn't work, but maybe I could get it working. And like it doesn't matter how much money I have, I could be like a millionaire. Yeah. Um, but there's this weird thought in my head that just goes, oh, yeah, but what if? What if this big thing happens? And all my money has to go for that. What if, like, I get back to my flat and I've burnt it down and I need to rebuy everything? What if, like, I had enough to cover everything I'd lost, bar £10? Yeah. And and I spent it on this one thing that I needed, but did I need it? 
And uh, with you, I find when you want something, you will want it at, a, like, say, the start of the month. Yeah. You won't end up buying it until, like, the next month. You'll research it to death. Yeah. Find where the cheapest value is. Go through a stage of going, oh, but do I really need it? Go through a stage of being like, is this one better? Should I get a different thing? Yeah. And, and it's I, constant. And it's the sort I'll of thing. I'll keep talking to you about yeah, it. Yeah, you will talk to me about it I mean, every like, day. I mean, literally to the point where me and you aren't talking about it at all. Or we've not said anything. And then I go, and another thing about yeah. that. Like, and I'll just start back into it again. Like we've been talking about it this whole time. And then sometimes I'll buy it and it goes away. And sometimes I won't buy it and it goes yeah. away. Sometimes I just stop talking about it and then I eventually go, nah, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Um, but then I found sometimes when I do that a month later, I'm just like, so I'm back on this again. Yeah. Um, whereas you don't have that at all. No. You either decide you're going to buy something and then you just buy it like no problem. You yeah. Just, you just do it. Or you just decide that you don't need it and it's not that big a deal. So you just don't get it. And then there's no follow on. There's no like, oh, did I make the right decision on that? Should I have bought it? You just do it. Yeah. And like I, another example of this that isn't to do with money in the sense of where we're different you have been thinking about your job for a while. Yeah. I woke up one morning and went, I don't want to do this job anymore. Went to a job agency and took a new job quite quickly and without too much thinking. I, re- I really didn't think about it, actually. The going to the job agency, I just went. They said, do you want this job? And I just sort of went, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whereas you are, like, you're more of a thinker than I am. Like, a thinker before you act. Yeah, I, I've never done anything. I'm not spontaneous at all. I don't just do stuff. Um, no. And the stuff that to everybody else appears that I'm spontaneous, um, I, it's just because I wasn't saying out loud the stuff I thought about before I did it. Sometimes yeah. it looks like I've just done stuff. I've just gone, yeah, sure, do it. Um, but secretly, like, I've been thinking about it for a while and it, it makes it appear like I just made that decision. Yeah. But I never did. Whereas you're just... It's weird. Like, even with the job thing, like, you're someone that can't really go do that kind of thing or you would... I would never have said, if you'd have said, Scarlett managed to just get the job. She just got up one day, got a job, got the job, moved on, quit the other one. I personally would have just said, no, not Scarlett. Like, yeah. she's not capable of that. But you do get these certain, like, spurts of all of a sudden where... Your autism's not even there anymore and you've got no, like, hindrances or anything stopping stopping you and you just go do it. Like, yeah. there's been times where you've just gone, I'm doing this, and then you've just gone and done it. And I've just, I've kind of just been like, whoa, like, how did that happen? I had no involvement in that. I never had to sort that for you. Um, you just did it. But, yeah, with me, there's no spontaneity whatsoever. I have never in my life just done something <laughs> because I thought, I'm going to just do this. Uh, it never happens. I get this thought of... So there are thoughts that spontaneously appear in my head. Like, for example, I just think, I'm going to do this. Um, and I just think, whoa, where did that come from? That's cool. But then I just think, now let's think about it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's that's the thing. Sometimes you'll just do stuff that I just think, how has this happened? There's, or, there's a lot of times where you'll go, oh, I like that. Uh, and I'll go, cool, get it then. And then it never happens. I, like an example of this is there's uh, like a a bear thing in your room that you were looking at yeah. and you wanted to buy it. It's yeah. like a toy from when you were a, a child and you quite like collecting them. They're all like kind like, of horror, yeah, like creepy I like things. To, and also I like to buy toys that... So toys I, I had a lot as a kid. Yeah. Um, I If I see them or know about them or... 
You ever had that thing where you have like a nostalgic thought of, I used to have one of them. Yeah. For most people, they go, I used to have one of them. They're cool. For me, I go, I used to have one of them. eBay. Yeah. And I have to have it again. I've got a couple of bits now that are in my flat that I had as a child and I've got identical. Like my mom came around and saw. Anyway, this bear. Yeah. This bear is, I've, there's pictures of it. I, it's, it's a wear bear for anyone that's like of a certain age. They came out in like 83. And they're, they're like a teddy bear that looks like a normal teddy bear. And then you turn it inside out and it's like a monster bear. Um, and I used to have it a lot as a kid. I remember it. And this one that you've got, I, get, I kept going on about it. They're not, they weren't that expensive. Initially no. I thought they'd be really expensive because they're super old now. Um, but they're not. And it's one of those things where I kept saying, I want one. I should get one. <laughs> I think it was in like £13 or something like that. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to get it. I should get it. And I, I, every now and then I'm like, oh, I should get one. And then, yeah, I didn't. And then one day you just bought it and like a box turned up at my work. And I was like, what is this? It's got my name on it. What did I order? I didn't order anything. And I opened it and I was like, oh, it's the werebear. Scarlet must have got me it. Like, And now that I've got it... Like it is cool. I like it. It's you know, it's it's done it. But like that thought's not there anymore. But yeah, you like you said, it's thirteen pounds. Yeah, I could have just bought it ages ago, but uh, I just never did. Whereas you saw it, heard me say it, and just thought, yeah, I'll get it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's one thing that because with most things, I would I'm more of an overreactor than you are. But that when it's things to do with money you are more of the overreact. When it's things to do with, yeah, like spontaneity, I'm not really spontaneous. I have like waves. I'm not really spontaneous, but I will just, if logically you say like, oh, I want that. And I can see that it's like affordable. It's not something ridiculous. If you say that, I just think, well, if you want it, get it. But you don't have that. So yeah, that's an area where we're different because if I think I want that and reasonably I can afford it, I'll just get it. Even like you say, there's things that I buy that I've used once and then gone, actually, I didn't really want it. But there's no part of me that's like, oh, I shouldn't have wasted my money on it or I shouldn't have bought it. I just think, I'll oh, just chuck it in the bin. And yeah. the, the amount of times you're like, oh, are you sure we should chuck it? Like you you did buy it. And yeah, I like, just <laughs> I've got that juicer that's your juicer that you spent loads of money on. I spent quite a lot of money on it. Used it a this. couple of times, realised you didn't like it. And then you were going to just chuck it out. And I was like, no, I'll have that. Yeah, it's been in Nikki's kitchen for about a year now. I've not used Never, it Never, ever been touched. No, but you keep talking about getting rid of it. And I'm just like, no, what if I want to learn how it actually works? Yeah, like, <laughs> I, no. Like, I, from the moment I decided I didn't want it, I was like, let's just chuck it in the bin. And yeah, you were the one that sort of insisted, which is funny because obviously it was it was my money that was spent on it. So yeah. it's not even, I don't know if it's even to do with like, as you do have a thing about money, but yeah, it is just, it's funny. Yeah. Um, and like, because you're a bit funny about money, like I do try and always like protect that. Like there are times where I will try to not, waste money for your sake but yeah it's funny that is definitely a difference between us i will happily just be like yeah whatever or just buy something and then if i don't want it for another thing for christmas i bought nikki a doormat but i bought one initially and then thought that's not the right one i realized you've never played the version of the game that i'd bought yeah so i bought another one so i had two doormats one of them wasn't i i could have just sent it back but instead i was just like oh that's too much effort i'll just chuck it in the bin I said this at work when I worked uh, where you used to work and some guys that worked there were like, oh, well, we're moving into a new flat. Can we have it? And I was just like, yeah, sure. Because I was genuinely just going to try and give it away to someone anyway. Uh, And they were a bit like, oh, do you want any money for it? And I just thought, no, I don't care. Like, 
you know, I'm not going to say how much money it was, but... I Whereas I personally would have had one doormat inside and then have <laughs> the other one outside. Or I'd figure out, like, a rotor system yeah. where I'd swap them out. Yeah, so as, like, <laughs> not to waste them. And it's not like I'm really wasteful. I Like, I care about the environment. Yeah, yeah. I don't just chuck stuff in the bin. But I'll happily just get rid of it for no money and not really care. It doesn't, yeah. like I say, it really doesn't bother me. I just think, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah it's funny. Yeah, um, that yeah, is a it. few of our contrasts. Yeah, like I said, there's loads, but you know, we only do like an hour, even though most of our episodes now are like an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. Um, well, so, I've noticed a lot of people kind of want to, like, a lot of people have asked to know more about us and yeah. what we're like. So hopefully that gives you a bit more of an insight into so, us. Yeah, so uh, we were going to do next week's episode on the whole diagnosis process for Scarlett, but because we've got to wait until they call a mom and then we've got to get the report, it looks like that episode is not going to happen for a few weeks now. So we're open to suggestions. If anyone's got any suggestions, yes. um, just go on our Facebook page and either post it on the wall of the Facebook page or private messages with anything you want us to talk about. Yeah, we do have, we have received a couple of messages. Oh yeah, that's a good messages. point. So we've got so, two topics already been messaged by other people, which we're going to do one or the other next week and then the other one the week after that, possibly. Yeah. Um, unless but, some other stuff come up. Because like, we don't really like, it's not like we pick off favourites, but there's some stuff that somebody will suggest and, and uh, you know, like you just get that feeling of, I want to talk about that now. Yeah. Um, and also sometimes it really fits into. Yeah. What's going like, on with us. Yeah. Moment, yeah. Our current. Um, also yeah Facebook group there is a group that you just need to join and if you want to post anything there for topics so at the moment we're looking for topics we do have our own ones to do it's not like if no one suggests a topic we're done <laughs> we're, we're not going to do an episode but uh, it would be good for people to suggest stuff they want us to talk about or mention yes um, or if you're NT and listen to this and you've got some questions you'd like to know about I mean we obviously don't know everything about Asperger's but if you've got some questions you want to ask, but you have a partner, family member, whatever, and you don't want to ask them, but you want to find out more because you think it will help with your interactions with them, seeing them, that kind of thing, then, yeah, feel free to message us and we'll try and cover that in a topic if it's something that we can talk about. Yeah, also, like, if you're getting answers from the two of us, there's a good chance you'll get, like, two perspectives as well because we, like, like we've mentioned in this episode, we do have differences yeah so uh, yeah that could be interesting but yeah that's it for this week thanks again everyone for listening Thank thanks you. for everybody that follows our page does all our you know is into all our social media stuff like that's great uh really appreciate the yeah thank follows. you so much yeah. like the just the support and messages and things we get is yeah. amazing so yeah, yeah, yeah thank you but that's it uh, yeah, speak to, uh, yeah, speak to you. Well, we'll do this again next week. I don't know. Say, I was going to say speak to. I guess we're speaking to. I suppose, yeah. Speak to you next week. Yeah. Bye.